an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. If you're expecting the hurt to go away, if you're expecting this to get better in time, you're in for a huge disappointment. But it doesn't mean that you can't make your life better and you can't find a way to deal with it. And, and time will give you some of the hurt goes away, I think. For me, 11 months is still very early in this process. I agree. It's the first time of everything. And first time is hard. Yeah. There's no question about it. It is very difficult. And it'll be interesting to talk to you again next year and see how you're feeling, how you're doing. I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. I I mean, I know you're in so much pain and I appreciate you being willing to come and be vulnerable here today with me. Dementia Discussions. Here to help and empower our heroic caregivers with knowledge and experience. Dementia Discussions with the caregivers themselves and memory loss professionals. Here to help with 30 years as a geriatric social worker is your Dementia Discussions host, Barbara Hammett. Hello and welcome to Dementia Discussions. I'm Barbara Hammett. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome back Owen Francis. Owen and his wife Rhonda were in my caregiver support group at Alzheimer's Los Angeles. Owen, I really enjoyed talking to you in our last recording, and I'm so happy to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to see you. So for those folks who did not listen our first time around, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and Rhonda? I'm happy to do that, and it's a pleasure to be back again. I think what you do is so wonderful and so important, and to whatever I can contribute, believe me, it's my honor. I'll tell you a little bit about Rhonda. And there are two stories that I think sum her up in the quickest way. Firstly, Ron and I were together for 53 years, married for 52 years. Needless to say, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. She was an amazing woman, so bright, so organized. And she changed my life in every imaginable aspect, made me a better husband, a better father, a better employee, a better employer, a better friend, just overall a better person. That was easy because I'm not, I I give her a lot to work with. (laughs) But what was more amazing was the friends and people she came into contact with, really wonderful, incredible people whose lives she changed on almost a daily basis. Rhonda spent 14 years giving back as a a bereavement counselor, which she volunteered to do. And she was truly spectacular at it. I mean, truly spectacular. And I just want to share one story. She was partnered with a very, very bright and capable young lady by the name of Jane Barbera. Jane was bright and wonderful Jane got involved in bereavement counseling because she lost her husband at a young age. And the two of them were really a dynamic duo. And their work was truly spectacular. It was so good 
that at their annual fundraiser, which was a, a big dinner, probably it had uh, six to seven hundred people in attendance. They honored Rhonda and Jane. As they thought about it, they actually invented a new award because they said, we don't have anything that does you justice. The group should only last about two years with the counselors, and then the group should be able to go off on their own and continue. At the end of the roughly two years, every group, every person, they they created a, a little book where everybody wrote to them. And I could go on for hours and hours about what was said, but I want to focus just on one group. There was one group that I thought was very special because in the group there was a Ph.D. psychologist and four M.D. psychiatrists. These, to me, are really the experts in this business. What they wrote about Jane and Rhonda was just unbelievable. But more significantly, when they had this uh, this big fundraiser, all four of them demanded to speak at this and paid $700 each for the right to speak. (laughs) It was so incredible. Second story, there was nobody but nobody who ever came into Rhonda's life that didn't leave better off for it. And, you know, I could, again, go on and on about friends who, you know, I get calls to today from friends who say, this happened, and I started to reach for the phone to call Rhonda. (laughs) But But the story I want to focus on was much, much more recent. When Rhonda's Alzheimer's progressed, it was necessary for her to go into a memory care facility. The last four months, they brought in hospice. And I can't say enough about hospice people. They're absolutely remarkable. They are really touched by God. It's just incredible. And I couldn't believe the incredible things they did. I've stayed close with most of them. I still have lunch with them. And each one I've thanked and each one have said, don't thank us. We thank you. We were supposed to help her. She helped us. (laughs) She had such an unbelievable effect on people. And needless to say, her loss has been devastating to me. How long has it been since she died? 11 months. So not even a year. Yeah. So tell us about the year for you. It's had its ups and downs. The ups have been primarily with friends who have really paid a great deal of attention to what I was going through and have been uh, very, very kind. The downs are most everything else. I don't know if this has any accuracy. I just call it the first time syndrome. Mm -hmm. And that is every event, every holiday, birthday, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day especially, it's the first time I'm going through without Rhonda. And it's difficult. 
some of Rhonda's favorite uh, holidays, like Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day. You know, it's kind of cute. When we first got married, the first thing Rhonda did when we got back from our honeymoon was to prepare a two-page list of all the days she expected gifts. (laughs) 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 But she had very special days, and Mother's Day was very significant. And these days are especially difficult for me. Father's Day is not a problem at all because the fact of the matter is nobody cares about Father's Day. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, was Mother's Day on the list before she even became a mother? <laughs> I honestly I honestly don't remember, but it could have been in anticipation. Rhonda had the most incredible sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, when we got engaged, I did the what I thought was the appropriate thing. And I went to a folks who went to a, to ask for a hand in marriage. And I, I didn't really know what to expect because this all happened very fast. Two months from our first date, we got engaged. Wow. So I, I didn't know what, what I might expect, but I got a very warm welcome. And my father said to me, the one thing I'll guarantee you is she'll keep you laughing the rest of your life. Oh, that's so great. And she did. And she did. And mm-hmm. she did. She was a uh, very remarkable person in the way she took care of herself. She was, number one, she was an exercise fanatic. And over the course of our marriage, she had become a Pilates instructor. She had become an advanced yoga instructor. They say, and I'm assuming they're talking about people who are a little uh, later in age, that you should exercise at least two and a half hours a week. Rhonda did that at least every single day. It would be nothing for her to go and work out. And then I'd come home and I'd walk into the bedroom and she would be doing Pilates mat exercises or yoga exercises or working out with weights. She kept herself in incredible condition. And in the last year, she lost a great deal of weight. But prior to that last year, her weight never fluctuated more than five pounds. And she had a a system of maintaining her weight. When she was... I guess about 26, she went and she bought a pair of jeans. She wore them, oh, two or three times a month and just for a minute or two. And I had those jeans when she died. And as soon as the jeans got the least bit snug, she would start losing weight. Hmm. And she only bought one pair of jeans in 50 some odd years. She was very bright and she was a ferocious reader and was always going, taking classes, doing something. And from a diet standpoint, she was really into foods. For years, we had nutritionists on the payroll. She, she read any book she could get her hands on, on nutrition. And 
you know, the positive to all of this was I was told by uh, a couple of neurologists that Rhonda had probably given herself 10 or 11 years of good life. And the way they put it was, if she lived your lifestyle, you could erase those 11 years that Alzheimer's would have been diagnosed much sooner and where we all know people who have been dealing with Alzheimer's for 8, 10, 12 years, the first 10 or 11 years, we didn't even know about it. Rhonda exhibited no no signs. We did a great deal of traveling, and it was a wonderful time. However, the last three or four years were a different story. One of the things I, I find to be helpful, and it's not always available, but I do have some friends who uh, seem to be aware. And on some of the most significant uh, days, like Rhonda's birthday and especially Mother's Day, I've been invited to parties surrounded by a significant number of people. And it really helps me get through the day. Other days, not so much. Yeah, um, I bet. Did you go to a bereavement group after she died? I did. I, I do. Not did do. Still do. Mm-hmm. You know, I could sort of hear Rhonda screaming in my head, get to a bereavement group. And don't forget what I taught you. <sighs> As I mentioned earlier, Rhonda spent 14 years doing bereavement counseling. She was very good at it. And she had some very strong feelings of what a bereavement group needed to be. And so I I have joined a, a bereavement group, and I do get a lot out of it. It's uh, really been uh, wonderful. That's so great. The, the other joy that I get is Rhonda spent a time in a memory care facility in Vegas. And... What they did for actually, she spent some time in Calabasas at Belmont, which was uh, quite good. I was uh, pleased with the care she got there. But I was uh, very strongly encouraged to uh, leave California and, and go with closer to family, which I did. I moved to Vegas, and the memory care facility there was so special. They loved her so much. And they did so many amazing things for her. And so I still get together with them every quarter. And I bring in a lunch for all of the residents in memory care and the, um, and the two shifts of, of uh, staff. And uh, that's comforting. And I love saying thank you to those people. And as I mentioned, I I get together on a very regular basis with people from hospice who I don't care what they say, I will never be able to thank them enough. It's so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, And that's cathartic. That's been a big help. Talking about Rhonda with friends and family, although sometimes is very, very emotional, has also been very helpful. Not trying to run away from this, not trying to make believe it didn't happen, but but dealing with it 
like you know it happened it's for real and and of course Rhonda left me with a treasure trove of memories so many good that ones. nobody can take away yeah absolutely do you find some days are harder than others like you absolutely absolutely not only are some days harder but in anticipation of those days there are days leading up to it that can be very difficult for me i think it's normal i don't know it's certainly oh, yeah, absolutely. my normal but i've i've really been blessed with a lot of friends a lot of wonderful friends a lot of good friends in the medical profession the doctors who really understand and have just been such a big help to me. Do you find that there are some moments that like emotion will bubble up just out of nowhere? Yes. You do? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All of a sudden, I could be watching television, and I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, I find myself welling up with tears, and, and I have to stop and say, you know, what's this all about? Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I would like to make anybody who is facing all times, I don't, I mean, caregivers, spouses, that sort of thing. And I, I couldn't believe this could happen. But we have a, a lot of wonderful friends and they were wonderful. But there were some friends that we were really close to that disappeared. They recognized that Rhonda wasn't 100% and they wrote us off. That was such a huge disappointment. Don't look for it to happen, but when it happens, don't be shocked. Yeah, it is always surprising and maybe touching who comes to your aid or your support when times are tough. So you're coming up on a year, you said 11 mm -hmm. months. Right. When, yeah. When did Rhonda die? What day was it? December 10th. December 10th. So coming up on the year. And as you said, it's the, kind of the first timer syndrome. I think that's what you, is that how you yes. put it? Right. Yeah. It'll be hard. December 10th will be another rough day. Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Leading up and to it. I'll tell you one of the things that has been very disturbing is I don't feel that it's completed. In that, I would like to have a memorial for Rhonda, and I am called all the time by friends and family, when are we going to do this, when are we going to do this? Well, of course, COVID played a very ugly hand in this, and since the very lion's share of our friends are in L.A., I would like to do it in L.A., and it's been very difficult to plan. You know, we, we all deal with the changes in the rules, one day you can, the next day you can't. And I don't want to make plans, go to L.A. and something happen and find that we can't do it. So this thing has been postponed for you know almost a year. And I really would like to get that. It needs to be done. And I feel she deserves to have it done. You know, just knowing Rhonda at the end of maybe the last year of her <coughs> life, I knew her. She was such a bright light, and you were oh. such a dynamic duo that I think any time you have her memorial, it will be okay. 
I keep telling myself, I didn't do this. I didn't create COVID. I'm not the one setting the rules. But yeah, I feel that way also. But I, I really would like to, to, to get it done already. It might provide some closure for you. Yeah. yeah maybe. I'm not, I'm not even sure I know what exactly that means. Yeah. Closure. What does that mean? Exactly. What does that mean? But right now, you know, I just take it one day at a time. I know it's never going to be better. It's never going to be okay. But I also know that the day will come when I'll be able to deal with it much better than I can now. People tell you uh, time will heal. Time doesn't heal. But time will make it tolerable. Right now, there are aspects of my life that I can't move forward on. And that's okay. That's okay. Like what? But, what in particular? Well, you know, other than our Alzheimer's support group, I do almost nothing socially. You know, I go to temple every single week and say the mourner's Kaddish for Rhonda. I don't know that that's going to last forever, but I will forever. Maybe not. 52 weeks a year, but I will be doing it for the rest of my life. There are things that come up on, on a social basis that I pass up on. I, I'm just uncomfortable. You're talking about meeting other women? Is that what uh, you're referring to? Or? Well, that's, that's one of the things. But just going and having a good time, I feel it's wrong at this, at this point. That doesn't mean I don't like to have a good time, but you know I, I'll go out to lunch with friends and uh, and we'll have a good time. But I cannot imagine at this point going out and drinking with the guys. I spend a lot of time in the apartment. I do a lot of thinking. I try very hard to get over this, but there's no getting over it. I, I finally come to that realization. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. There is no getting over. You're getting through it. You're living with it. This will always be part of your story. There, oh, there's no she over. is my story. She is my story. Right. I mean, I wound up having in business a great deal more success than I ever imagined, even ever dreamed. But she gets credit for three quarters of it. What she taught me, the lesson she taught me, and what was interesting, immodestly, I was very good at sales. And for a great many years, I ran national and worldwide sales and marketing organizations. She had, had done none of that. But yet, I would come home and go over a problem, and somehow she just intuitively had the solution. I think it's because she had such an incredible insight into people. But like I said, I had more success than I ever imagined possible. And three quarters of that belonged to Rhonda. I'm not, in fact, I'm not sure that by taking a quarter, I'm not cheating her. <laughs> she was so amazing. So amazing. Yeah, this is a rough year. I would imagine this is a rough year. You're in a new city. Oh, well, the city actually has turned out to be, be terrific because my son and his wife and her whole family are here, mm. and I am quite close to all of them. And having 
being surrounded by them has really been terrific. I have really come to enjoy Vegas. With COVID, I haven't spent a single day in a casino, so it's got it's got nothing to do with hey, I could go gamble. Firstly, I don't gamble in you know I play cards, but I don't play blackjack and roulette that sort of stuff. But they have just been terrific, and they've made my life a whole lot better. In terms of your grief, it's been really wonderful to be around family. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure they're very understanding because they're feeling it too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How is your son doing? He's doing fine. Doing fine. Doing better to the best of my understanding he's doing better than me because they were very close right oh my god yes Mm -hmm. and actually the one i was most concerned about was my grandson because Rhonda has had such a profound effect on him such a profound effect on him and he's more like me he's more emotional you know talk to us long enough you'll see we're just little girls oh um, well, no, you're yeah. you're sensitive. It's so sweet. You're you're in touch with your feelings, so that's a really wonderful quality. Well, not afraid to express no. your feelings. It's a really wonderful quality. There's not a whole lot of advice. I, if anybody wants to talk to me about it, I'm happy to talk to them. But I think the best advice I could give them is: if you're expecting the hurt to go away. If you're expecting this to get better in time, you're in for a huge disappointment. But it doesn't mean that you can't make your life better and you can't find a way to deal with this. And and time will give you some of the hurt goes away, I think. For me, 11 months is still very early in this process. I agree. It's the first time of everything, and first time is hard. Yeah. There's no question about it. It is very difficult. And it'll be interesting to talk to you again next year and see how you're feeling, how you're doing. I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I mean, I know you're in so much pain, and I appreciate you being willing to come and be vulnerable oh. here today with me. I am so flattered to be asked. I can't begin to tell you. I think your work is so special and so important. And God bless you for what you do. Not for me, but for everybody that you touch. And and I, I witness this on a weekly basis. We have a special group. We really do. We do. Yes. And you're a big part of that. I thank you for being here today and for sticking in here with me. Through it all. I appreciate you, Owen. And it was a joy to know your wonderful wife. It really was. Yeah, well, I wish you would have known her at a healthier stage because she just was awesome. She just was so special. And like I said earlier, the way she affected people was incredible. It sounds like it. I was very blessed for 53 years. And she was, too. The blessing Uh, goes both ways. It was amazing. And one last thing about Rhonda. Maybe the greatest joy I had was to see the metamorphosis she went through over the 50-plus years 
I, I always said that if Rhonda would have been born 10 years later, she probably would have been a doctor. She had such a love for the science and she certainly had the intellect to do it. But when Rhonda was growing up in the 40s and early 50s, women were not encouraged to really excel at those sorts of endeavors. And Rhonda wasn't encouraged. That she, I think she was born 10 years later. Times changed a bit. And she might have been more encouraged. But she found a way to make such an impact during her life. It was a joy and an honor to watch it and to watch it up close and in person. She didn't need the MD degree. She really didn't. No. Good for her. She's had a great life story. And so have you together. You had a great life story. I'll end this with a humorous note. I told you Rhonda was a ferocious reader. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the name. Deception? I don't remember the name of the book. They made a movie with Michael Douglas and Demi Moore. And Michael Douglas was an officer of a company, and they wanted to get rid of him. And Demi Moore was brought in really to as the hatch person to do this. And at that very time, we were planning on going public. Rhonda knew nothing about stocks and certainly nothing about stock options. But because we were getting ready, she learned a lot about stock options and what this could be worth and what it could be worth to us. And needless to say, she was very excited. Well, she's reading the book now. We're lying in bed and I'm watching television and I have these headsets on that mute the TV and I'm the only one who can hear it. And Rhonda's reading this book. And it it was very, I I read it, it was very engrossing. I mean, I couldn't put it down. She's reading it, and she comes to the part, and there's like silence in the room. She comes to the part where the Michael Douglas character is talking to the attorney. And they're making him a very sweet deal. And they're going to give him two years severance, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that. And he finally says, well... What about the stock options? And the attorney says, oh, no, no, those you have to forfeit. At that point, Rhonda sat up and started to scream, don't give up the stock options. Don't give up the stock options. (laughs) (laughs) He probably looked at her like she was crazy. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, I was was quite, I mean, out of nowhere, she's screaming, whoa, whoa, whoa. Gosh, well, so you didn't give up the stock options, and you've done very well. <laughs> That's great. Well, Owen, thank you for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. My the, pleasure. The tears and the laughter, and, and we will be back on again. So. I look forward to it. Me too. Alrighty, my okay. friend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Dementia Discussions. If you're a caregiver or know someone who's a caregiver that would like to be a guest on the show, please call me at 310-362-8232 or go to DementiaDiscussions.net forward slash contact and let me know. It takes courage because not everyone's willing to do that. 
I would love to have you. Remember that you can follow Dementia Discussions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a lot if you would leave a review. For any other information about this podcast, please visit me at DementiaDiscussions.net. And please share this podcast with someone you know if you think it may help. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you here again next time on Dementia Discussions.